Welcome, welcome all to the next episode of Bruising Banter. Tyler, what are you drinking today? Today I am drinking a Craftwell cocktail. It's a pineapple margarita. Ten and a half percent. So oh, it's, uh, going hard today. <laughs> Man, I just got this uh, cold smoke scotch ale. It's nice and tasty. Fills you up, huh? Very much so. But those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. So, big week in football this week. Lots of games. Again, God bless us for the holiday fixtures. So, let's dive right into it. First game up, Everton and Brighton. Brighton wins 4-1, to one, three goals in five minutes and five seconds. Thoughts? Brighton slayed Everton on this one, man. <laughs> it wasn't even a contest. I mean, it started out. Matoma got a goal for Brighton in the 14th minute, and it was just downhill for Everton from there. Yeah. I mean, how good does Matoma look this season? He looks incredible, oh, man. He is yeah. killing it right now. He got that goal against Arsenal, comes back, gets a goal against Everton. So, yeah, kudos to him, man. He's playing very well right now. Yeah, he's making defenses look like Swiss cheese at the moment. So, um, got a nice that, young that, talent there. Yeah, that one goal for that last goal, excuse me, uh, for Brighton. Comedy of how errors. Bad was that back pass? <laughs> it's laughable. That's how bad it was. It was terrible Stop. back pass. Who was Adrisa Ganagé? Tries to make a back pass to who knows who. His defender. It was, his he was making a back pass to Pascal Gross. That's. That's who it was. Like, <laughs> That's it, who it went was. directly it was to, to him as if he was on the same team. Passed it to the basically the wrong team and Pascal yeah. Gross. I mean, credit to Gross, man. He had a nice little chip right over Pickford. To oh, it was it beautiful. But you know, that was a really bad, really bad play on his on his it part. Was. Uh, yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, Everton gets a stoppage time penalty kick just yeah. to you know. Consolation walk out with a little bit of pride, but that was consolation goal. That's all that was. Yeah. Next up, we got Leicester versus Fulham. Fulham, one nil. Just keeping that run going. That four victories in a row. Yeah, and what what place are they sitting in? Let me look at the table here. Seventh place. They're in seventh. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Even on points with Liverpool. That's fantastic for Fulham. Yeah. Mitrovic, the man again, scores the one goal. <laughs> right. He's just, he pops up everywhere and he gets it. But what an assist by William. That's the kind of magic we were looking for as Arsenal fans when we signed that, up. That was a fantastic assist by William. That ball over the top to Mitrovic. Yeah. That was <sighs> yeah. a beautiful ball. Yeah, that that was only a pass that you dream of. Um, and Lester yeah. in trouble. Yeah, Lester in trouble and Fulham are flying high. So next up, we have Manchester United against Bournemouth. Man United ran away with this one, 3 0. Marcus Rashford's on fire. How about that Donnie Vanderbeek tackle, though? Or tackle on Donnie Vanderbeek? Ooh, that's a, that one's going to hurt for a while for poor yeah. Vanderbeek. You know, was poor it a red guy. card? I think so. You uh, do? There's nothing in the rules that say accidental contact is still not dangerous play. See, I think the I mean, he almost snapped his leg in half. I think it I mean, the guy 
Marco Senesi didn't get a single card for that. That needs to be a minimum of a yellow card. I think it should have been a red. This is where you need an orange card, man. Because, yes, it was more than a yellow, but I don't think it was quite a red. I mean, he, he don't get me wrong, the tackle looked nasty, but it's because he slips. It was accidental. He slips. And so I think that's what makes it bad. And so it's not intentional. He's not trying to hurt Van de Beek. But he does. And so maybe yeah. I guess it is a red. You know, I, I don't know. I felt like that would have been harsh. But I definitely I feel like, sympathize. I feel like a red. A red and then like on the appeal, just be like, okay, you had time served. No suspension after that. But I still think that's that's got to be a, at least... I think if I had to choose, I would say no, no to a red card. Like I said, it needs an orange. <laughs> yeah, go sit in the corner the and think about what you did. <laughs> but I mean, he didn't mean to do it. The poor guy slipped and went into him. And so I think that's why it wasn't a red. But it was, it was nasty. Definitely. Yeah. Hopefully it, it, it was, it was, was nasty. Okay. And I would be, I'd be happy if I never had to see that on video ever again. Um, I mean, yeah, right afterwards, though, you had what a free kick from Christian Erickson to Casemiro. Oh, put it on a Woo. platter for a man. Oh, yeah. Couldn't have wrote it up any better. Um, And then, and then Marcus Rashford gets the third man on I, fire. Can anyone stop him? You know, he seems to be that player that just goes off of form. Like, if he's in good form, positive attitude, the guy is unstoppable. But if he's, you know, a little bit of a slump or a bad attitude kind of a game, then he struggles. But he's in, he's firing right now, man. And so is your young player you mentioned, Garnacho. Yeah. He looks yeah, really stepping good. Up. Yeah, he's looking real good. Um, that, that front line of Man United, it doesn't matter how they play it. They're they're looking dangerous right now, and with City on deck, it's going to be an intriguing affair. Yeah, it'll be a good one. All right, and then we got the big game. Arsenal versus Newcastle. This first, might first have third. been the most frustrating game I have ever watched in my entire life. For an Arsenal fan, yeah. Yeah. Newcastle uh, fan, you're, you're pretty happy walking away from the Oh, if I'm a Newcastle point. fan, I'm absolutely ecstatic. The team that zero, beats zero everybody draw. this season. Nil nil draw. Apparently, ESPN calculated there was actually only 43 minutes and 17 seconds of actual football played in this game. That's crazy. Yeah. So kudos to Newcastle. Probably the greatest um, time wasting tactics I've ever seen. I mean, if that's how you beat Arsenal, you don't let them play. You can't play if there's the ball stopped. Right. <laughs> It's like Man City. Other team can't score on you if they don't have the ball. Well, Arsenal can't score on you if you don't let them play. Yeah, and this was the first game Arsenal failed to score in a in a game in the Premier League. Yeah, it only took them 17 games. So That's pretty impressive. Kudos to Arsenal um, offense, but, and then kudos to Newcastle's defense. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the big talking points of this game, though, are the two instances... Mikel Arteta calls scandalous two PK shouts. The first one against Gabrielle from Dan Byrne, essentially trying to rip his jersey off of him. Do you think it was a penalty? 
it's tough, man. I mean, that happens, you know, all the time. Sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's not. So it's one of those, it wasn't that time. So obviously as an Arsenal supporter, you're going to scrutinize it. But again, it, it's given sometimes and it's not given. So it's, if it wasn't given, then it's not given. I mean, it ref made his decision. Kind of just have to accept it, move on. It's not a huge shout out, I would say. There's definitely a shout there to be had. But again, like I said, you see him given, see him not given. For me, it, it's Tim Howard brought up something that was very intriguing. It was if that happens anywhere but in the box, it's automatically called for a foul. Yeah, but do you see so it I all think the time on corner kicks because and of like that, that and they're not given? Because of that, I it was blatant and obvious. Gabriel, okay, maybe he wouldn't have got to the ball, but he had a chance to go for it. And because of it, I've seen penalties given for much less in the but Premier League. Sure, you've also season. seen them not given for much more. <laughs> yeah, so I, it could go either way. I thought it was a penalty, um, much more than the next one we're going to talk about. Handball, um, which is the 95th minute handball call. Granted, Jaka goes to cross it. Was that a penalty? No, he's too close. So for me, man, I mean, if if the guy and his arm was in an unnatural position, it was right there and it. He can't do anything about it. It it would have been a harsh one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like one of those, you know, replays you look at, you look at, you look at. There's not a good view of it anywhere. No, so I, I have to go with the ref on that one. Initially. I thought it was a penalty and the more I watch it, the less I think it is. I agree. Definitely a call there. And as Arsenal fans, we've seen handball calls that are more ridiculous than that one. But I agree. I I don't think it's, I don't think it's penalty. I mean, Arsenal have a, a good cause of reason to be able to, you know, debate that, but I don't, I don't think it was. I think their um, biggest cause for debate would be the extra time that was added. I think it only got five minutes, and like you said, only 43 minutes was played. Yeah, the whole game so, out of 90. So, yeah. yeah, that's... If this was a World Cup game, it would have been 25 extra minutes. So <laughs> Would have been a whole other half right there. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you I think mean, about I'm, that? Kind of going off topic. Didn't get that the, that well, extra time kind of rule that the World Cup did with adding, you know, 10, 15 minutes to a game. Yeah, using an AI system to calculate extra time. Yeah, like, does that actually work, uh, you know, logistically with a game? Imagine adding that much time onto a game, and, you know, I know there's certain schedules, and... Yeah, I mean, imagine being, you know, in the Premier League, you're on your third game in seven days, and you have to play an extra 20 minutes. Probably get an extra few games in a season. That's brutal, (laughs) yeah. So, I... I'm more a traditionalist and what the ref calls what the ref calls. I don't agree with five minutes, but it's better than the alternative of 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's one of those things like you love it when it's going for you, but then you'd hate it if it went against you when you're holding on for a win. And then you see 20 minutes go up or 10 minutes go up versus (laughs) a five or seven. Yeah. Yeah. And we've definitely seen it all over the place. So, okay. Tyler, on to your game of the week or game to watch. We got Nottingham Forest against Southampton. How'd this go? See, this was a feisty affair, man. It was it was a close one. It was ugly, like I kind of said it would be. And Forest come out with a 1-0 win, their first away win of the season. So good for Forest. It 
gets them out of the rele- relegation zone. Mm-hmm. They move up to 15th. So, and Southampton, the, the wheels are falling off for Southampton. They're sitting bottom of the table, lost six in a row. We'll see how long Nathan Jones keeps his job for. I'm guessing not for very much longer. And yeah, they need they need to start turning it around and quick. Yeah, they need help fast. Um, I it's one of those stories you see them every season where one team is just at the bottom and they no matter what they do they can't dig themselves out. Everything's going against Southampton right now. Forest, I mean, I thought that it was a huge result for them. Gets them out of the relegation zone. I mean, they're two points above Everton, who also are in the dumps right now. They are not. They moved into the relegation zone, Everton. Yeah. Yeah. I told you that's my prediction, man. Everton. I hate to see it, but. Yeah. But there's only a two point gap between 18th and 12th, 18th and 13th. So there's a lot of teams that are going to be in the A lot of teams down there. There will be a lot of movement before the end of the season. Speaking of teams in the bottom, next up was Leeds United against West Ham United. This one ended 2-2. I would say this was the game of the week, man. It was entertaining. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Very, very back and forth affair. Both teams had to come back from a goal down. It it was super entertaining. Yeah, Wilfred Gnanto. Hopefully I said that right for uh, Leeds, his first goal. And it was a rocket, man. It was past the goalkeeper for West Ham Fabianski before he can even react to it. Yeah, it's one of those. I'm surprised he even reacted. I would have just watched it. So that was a great goal. And then Skamaka for West Ham, West Ham forward. He scored a banger, man. Curler off the inside of the post into the net. Yeah, I, I think it's his second or third game in a row scoring. So he's. He's on a roll, which is great for West Ham. They need it wherever they can get goals from right now. But again, leaky defense, 70th minute, let in a goal to Rodrigo, who is arguably Leeds' best player of the season, maybe just above Tyler Adams. Yeah, he's got 10 goals for the season, so he's, he's doing well for Leeds. Yeah. Next up, we have Aston Villa versus Wolves in the West Midlands Derby. 1-1. 1-1. I think fair result. Yes. Yeah. I really like that first goal by Leeds. Yeah. That Daniel Potens goal. He had that lovely footwork to go around a defender and then curls it past Emmy Martinez with his left foot. You mean Wolves? Yeah, no chance at that one. Wolves, right? Yeah. And then uh, um, Danny Ings yeah. ties it in the 78th minute. Yeah. And Leon Bailey for uh, Villa. He had a chance to win it, man. He goes around the keeper and he... He had the chance, but the angle was a little tight. He was a little off balance, and so he kind of uh, put it wide. Yeah. I will say that Daniel Prodden's goal, that had to be my goal of the week. That was just an amazing individual bit of skill there. It was. It was great. All right. Next up, we got Crystal Palace versus Tottenham Hotspur. 4-0 Spurs. How good were Son-, Son and Kane today? Yeah, they looked really well, but it was a little harsh on Palace, man. That first half, if you watched it. It's kind of similar to the Spurs and Brentford game where it took them a half to wake up because Palace, they were they dominated that first half, had most of the chances, looked good. You know, honestly, watching that game, I thought the second half, Palace were going to come out and win it. But nope, Spurs woke up, hit two quick goals, and 
There you go. That, that's all she wrote. Harry Kane has two goals in that game. I think he's on 15 goals for the season. So he's. Yep. I know everybody's talking about Erling Holland, but quietly, Harry Kane is having a wonderful season yet again. Yeah. When doesn't he? I mean, he's always up there at the top. Yeah. For that golden boot. Um, speaking of Harry Kane, him and Hyoman Son pass Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah for the most games a duo for the same team have scored at 34. How impressive is that? And how much worse is Tottenham without those two? <laughs> it's very impressive. Good for Kane and Son. But yes, if Tottenham don't have those two players, they would be hurting. But at the same time, you know, if they were to sell those two players, they'd obviously get a very pretty penny and probably could bring in some, some good talent. Yeah, I agree. And again, like you've said before, I am so surprised that, both of them still are playing at Tottenham and that they have lasted this long there. So kudos to them for the loyalty. You don't see that much in football anymore. No, you don't. All right. Now we got the big premier league game of the week, Manchester city against Chelsea. I'll be honest. This one was a little bit of a snooze fest. I kind of figured it winning one nil. Honestly, I feared it would be like, I almost predicted a one nil. And yeah, I mean, even in the first half, Pep going out there with some different tactics, different formations, and it could tell the players weren't quite into it yeah. <laughs> from their performances. He, you know, he made a couple halftime sus- substitutions to kind of get back into that more natural formation. And, and then mm. it showed City obviously started dominating after that, but neither of them looked very good. I will say that. No, and on top of that, just to make things worse, yet for Chelsea, I mean, their injury problems are already bad enough, but you got Raheem Sterling going off in the second minute, and then Christian Pulisic going off in the 22nd. There's two of your best players out of already eight on the bench. Huge it's blow. It's hard for them to do anything at this point. That's a huge blow. I mean, and then you can't blame poor manager Graham Potter there at Chelsea. I mean, what do you do? He, he can't, he can't do nothing about injuries. He's only been there a short time. I know some are already asking for his head, but the poor guy can't catch a break. He's got all these injuries. Can't get the players he even wants to play out there. And then we'll see if he can bring some of the players he wants in this transfer window. They've brought in a couple youngsters already at and Fofana. We'll see what else they can get. Yeah. I, I mean, I know the money's there. It's just, like looking at the team right now, is anyone going to want to go there? I mean, 10th place champions league is looking very unlikely next season. Very. I mean, they're already I, I 10 points, champions league, 10 points out of the champions league, but they're also only 10 points above the relegation zone. Just shows you how far Chelsea has fallen this season. Yes. I think they should stick by Graham Potter just because we went through the similar thing a couple of years ago with Arteta and look how it's gone now. Graham Potter's a great coach. You got to give him enough time to get the players he wants in, but it's not looking good for Chelsea. That's for sure. No, I mean, you saw Aubameyang. He was a sub who got subbed off. So they definitely have some players that aren't playing very well. Yeah. I don't think Aubameyang's played well for a long time. So honestly, Kepa, I think on that goal that was scored by Riyad Mahrez. That was I thought like, he could have got it. It's like one of those slow rollers that goes by in slow motion. You just then, see him hesitate and then the ball is by him. 
it was only like two feet away from him. He could have easily just jumped on it and got it, but hesitation and it's, it's a goal. And it wasn't just Kepa's fault. I mean, Kukurea on that play too. He saw Mares. You see him look over his shoulder, you know, and he sees him and then Mares just, he wanted the ball more, got in front of him and was able to get on the end of it. And credits Pep Guardiola made a couple changes, brought on Jack Grealish, brought on Riyad Mares, and Jack Grealish passes it to Riyad Mares for the goal, and they win 1-0. Yeah, and arguably the biggest impact sub for Manchester City, Rico Lewis coming on at halftime for Cancelo. Guy's only 18, but he changed the entire flow of the game right off the bat. I mean, and then credit to Rico Lewis, man. He's been playing under uh, Pep now for quite a few years. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he knows how Pep wants to play. And so obviously that gets passed down, passed on down to the youth level. And so it, it's showing now and getting his first, getting some first team appearances. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely one to watch for the future. And for sure. something we are not used to seeing from Manchester city, which is youth prospects coming through the first team. So that hurt name, Phil Foden. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not many Phil Foden's. So, all right. Next to one of my favorite <clears throat> competitions in the world, the magic of the wonderful FA Cup. No surprises for the first game, Manchester United versus Everton. Man United steamroll Everton just piling on the pressure on Frank Lampard. Anthony gets the scoring first, but how about that Connor Cody goal? <laughs> A little lucky. I mean... I forget who crossed it into the middle, but it goes between De Gea's legs and then kind of bumbles into in front of Connor Cody and he taps it in. But then the poor guy that scores an own goal at the other end. So, <laughs> yeah, make of that I, what you will. Yeah. Welcome to the luck of world football, I guess. And then, yeah, um, Rashford kills it off in stoppage time at the end to make it 3-1. Yeah. United walk away going to the next round. I think that's seven and seven for him now. So he's on fire. Again, like you said, he's a very streaky player. So we'll see how long he can keep it going. But it's definitely, definitely on fire right now. Yeah. Next up, we had Bournemouth against Burnley. Burnley wins four to two. You called it. I thought, I thought it was even more lopsided than the score suggested. Honestly, it was a fun game to watch. There was lots of opportunities for each team. Bournemouth definitely didn't do themselves any favors in that game. No. They definitely gave away a couple goals. Goalkeeper getting caught on the ball outside of his 18 box. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, Bournemouth, they're in a downfall. You know, I think I was praising them here a little while ago before the World Cup. They were playing really well. Mm Mm-hmm. But since then, they they are not looking good. They need to turn this around or they will find themselves in that relegation zone. Yeah, I feel like the relegation zone at this point, it, it's who who's going to be worse than everybody else because they're all bad right now. Yeah, it is. All right. Next up, we had Middlesbrough versus Brighton. It was Michael Carrick's first game managing Middlesbrough. But Brighton are just on fire. They win this one five to one. Oh yeah, it wasn't even really a competition. I mean, Burroughs' one goal was definitely against the run of play, scored by Chupa Agpom. Former Arsenal product right there. Yep. 
But yeah, I mean, Brighton, they feel it a strong squad. Alex McAllister comes back, scores two goals. He had a beautiful flick kind of behind the heel, heel flick goal. So Matoma looked good again in that again. game. Yeah, he's he's definitely one to watch, let me tell you. But Brighton are on a hot streak. I mean, that's nine goals in two games. That, it's impressive. Yeah. Next up, we got my game to watch of the week. Coventry versus Wrexham. Man, was this a good game. Seven goals. Fifth-tier Wrexham beats championship side Coventry at Coventry. Wrexham were up 2-0 in the first 20 minutes. Completely against the run of play, might I add. Uh, Coventry had 61% possession in this game. Wrexham with only 39. But... I mean, Coventry scored in the 36 minute. Wrexham were up 3 1 at halftime. But, I mean, Coventry kept it interesting. They had a guy sent off in the 57th minute, giving away a penalty. Wrexham went up 4 1. Coventry got two goals back. But the Cinderella story in Wrexham continues on, and they will play another championship side in the fourth round in Sheffield United. So, very exciting for Wrexham and their owners, Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds. May it long last. All right, next one up we had was Liverpool and Wolves. This one was very intriguing. You had Cody Gakpo's debut. Yep. Um, You have a woeful Liverpool side at the moment and a Wolves side you never know is going to show up. This one ends 2-2. Yeah, I mean, the first goal, Allison, huge mistake. With the, trying to pass the ball out, kicks it right to a Wolves player, and he puts it away. Then Nunez equalized. Then Mosala puts him up. And then did you see that Wang Hichan goal? It was kind of a funny one. Yeah. Lots of deflections and kind of bounce off of him and rolls past Al- Allison. Yeah. And then the uh, Wolves had a goal, which they thought was the winner, off of a corner. Yeah. 81st minute ruled out for offsides. VAR takes a look at it, but can't overturn it because there's not a camera that covers the corner flag. What do you think? I don't know. I was looking at the replays and I I didn't see it. It was tough for me to see. I was like, huh, maybe VAR just cut that one over me. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I understand you said you couldn't see it, but like, I literally couldn't see it. Guy passes. I didn't see an offside in the replay. I don't I know where either. it was from. <laughs> I didn't either. I don't know where they got that from. Wolves should have won this one. Again, brings up the question of VAR and how the referees in England use it and why are they so bad at it? I don't understand. <laughs> so it. bad. It's it's everywhere. It's not just against the big teams at this point. It's every game, it seems like. so. And then we had Sunday. City and Chelsea part two. Unlike the first one, which was a snooze fest and close, this was a blowout. City winning 4-0. Thoughts? Honestly, that free kick from Mars, man, that was a beauty of a free kick. There's no way any goalie in the world saves that. That was absolutely perfect, albeit for a slight deflection. I don't think any goalie is stopping that without the deflection either. Yeah. And you know, both teams still fielded a 
pretty strong squad. Chelsea, the best it could with the players they have. But, I mean, City, you can tell they they rested a few players. Kevin Bruyne didn't play. Erling Holland didn't play. I think Rodri didn't play. So, I mean, they, they still sat some players out, but it was still a fairly strong squad. You still yeah, see Ariad Mahrez out there and yeah. Julian, Avera, Julian Alvarez as their backup. Obviously, it's fantastic back at Erling Holland. Right. He scores. And you got the ever-present Phil Foden. Yep, Phil Foden. Great team move. Easy one-touch finish. And then, you know, Chelsea's woes continue. They just, they can't catch a break at the moment. They're fielding kids. It's nice to see Omari Hutchinson make his second appearance. Yeah. Um, But it's just, it's hard to watch Chelsea right now. Yeah, it is. They're they're hurting. But kind of going off subject, did you see the the banter from Kepa during the that PK? Yeah, I did. Getting right up into uh, Julian Alvarez's face. Yeah, getting into his face, trying to psych him out, <laughs> trying to do his best impression of Martinez. He was watching Emmy Martinez at the World yeah. Cup, decided to try his own stuff. Yeah, and then you get Julian Alvarez who just laughs at him and then slots it past him. Yep, pretty much. Yeah it it was a nice attempt by Kepa. Got a hand He's to not it. a strong enough personality to be able to pull that off, though. No. All right. Well, other notable results we got. Um, Monday, we got Oxford against Arsenal. Arsenal going back to their infamous all-white kits that support um, anti-knife violence, which is pretty cool. However, those jerseys will be known for their loss last year in the FA Cup against Middlesbrough wearing the same jerseys. See how it goes. Winner plays City. Yeah, that's going to be a tough matchup in the fourth round. Yeah, uh, especially with how congested the fixtures will be. We'll see how strong each team is when we get there. But other notable results, we got Spurs beat Portsmouth 1-0. Southampton beat Crystal Palace 2-1. to Huge result for the confidence of Southampton. Yeah, definitely, definitely helps. Again, I, I watched that game, Crystal Palace. I feel like those goals were at, from mistakes. They weren't built on by Southampton. It was because of mistakes from Crystal Palace. Well, good on Southampton for capitalizing on them. Got to be able to do that at least. So, uh, Leicester beat Gillingham 1-0. Blackpool beat Forest 4-1. to Leeds tied Cardiff. Did you call two. it Gillingham? Yes. Free search Gillingham. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Stevenage, huge result for them. They come back to beat Aston Villa 2-1. to one. They were down 1-0 in the 88th minute. Good came for back, them. Yeah, they Villa. did. They came back. It was a, you know, Villa looks really good in that game. Like the first half, the traffic was all going for Villa. I mean, it's tough. I mean, they're they, they're playing. They did play a lot of their, you know, I would say second string players. But when your second string players include Philip Coutinho, you expect them to win. Yeah, and yeah, especially against Stevenage, who are in League One. So credit to Stevenage. Good job on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, probably my shock result: you got Sheffield Wednesday beat Newcastle two to one, albeit Newcastle didn't play a super strong squad. Yeah, I mean, that kind of explains it right there. Yeah. Um, Other games from around the world. We had some big ones this week. Let's start off in Spain. 
and then we'll head to Italy. Villarreal against Real Madrid. Villarreal taking the surprise result, winning two to one. Your boy Jeremy Pino coming out, shocking Madrid. Yeah, I mentioned Jeremy Pino as a youngster to watch in Spain. You know, as much as I want to praise it, that goal he scored was very lucky. Yes. <laughs> he has a shot. Courtois saves. He thinks he saves it, but when he goes off of his glove, hits into his defender and goes in the back of the net. And I, I thought Madrid were a little hard done by in this game. Like that that was a pretty lucky goal that Jeremy Pino scored. Then they had a PK called against him that I also thought was rough. David Alaba kind of is falling to the ground and puts his arms out to catch himself. And the ball hits his arm as he's trying to catch himself. And so <laughs> there's your yeah. luck, Real Madrid, unfortunately. And you go, you, you can walk away with no points and Villarreal come away with three. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a bunch of crazy defending in this game as well. I mean, you got Juan Freuth, goal line clearance, only to have VAR rule it a handball and give a penalty. Yeah. I don't know why they did that. Pretty sure it ended up going equalized. Yeah. They called it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was crazy. So good on Villarreal though. The yellow submarine marches on again. That's a tough game for Real Madrid though. Cause now they're, they are no longer in first place in La Liga. They dropped down to second. Speaking of first place in La Liga, you got Atletico versus Barcelona. Barcelona pulls out this one 1-0. One goal from Dembele. Yeah, that was a scrappy game. Very. Yeah. I don't know if you uh, saw Atletico, that. Atletico looked good in spots in this game. They were very streaky. It's like when they wanted to turn the Jets on, they looked like they were going to score. I mean, right before halftime, they had three solid chances. Probably should have scored two of them. Yeah. But credit to Barca. Um, I think... Arujo had a couple. I, yeah. I know he had one ball that he cleared off the line. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one you mentioned right before halftime. Yeah, I mean, Griezmann should have scored. Molina should have scored. And then Jimenez with a wide open header puts it he had wide. some headers, yeah. So, um, and then the, the I missed match. the end of this game, but you saw it. Two red the, cards? Yeah, there were two red cards at the end of this game. Savage and Ferran Torres, man, they were wrestling. This wasn't a football match. This was a wrestling match, man. They were going at it with like some headlocks going on, and both of them get sent off. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Oh, bringing it back to the ages of the WWE. I love to see it. All right, I thought they were well, John that, Cena out there. Yeah, I mean, couldn't see him either. Um, <laughs> Barcelona and Madrid deadlocked at the top going into this weekend. Barcelona's up. Three points now. How big is that for Barcelona? Huge, man. That's a huge, especially against Atletico. That's a tough game for Barca. They got a got three points out of it. Real Madrid yeah. lose points. So, I mean, good weekend if you're a Barcelona fan. Yeah, puts them top of the table. And at Atleti's fifth, if I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, fifth. So they're, ooh, they're a good 14 points behind Barcelona. Wow. Yeah. Strange to see that, but huge result for Barcelona. So let's fly over to Italy. Earlier this week, we had huge match in the opening fixtures of the Serie A after the World Cup. We have Inter Milan versus Napoli. 
Napoli was undefeated coming into this game. Now they're not. Inter Milan wins 1-0 and a huge game for Inter Milan. Huge. Definitely brings them sort of back into the title race. You know, they're sitting in fourth point and fourth place on 34 points. Still 10 points behind Napoli, but still they needed a good result coming out of the World Cup and they got it. Yeah. Huge. It's a huge blow for Napoli. Yeah. Luckily for Napoli, this weekend we had another big game. Milan versus Roma. That one ended 2-2. Two to two. Milan dropping two points in the title race. <laughs> Napoli really needed those. Yeah, this was a great weekend for Napoli, except for that midweek game. Going into the weekend, Milan drawing, man, they were up 2-0. Looked like they were cruising, and no, Roma had other plans. I believe it was a corner and a free kick that they mm-hmm. scored off of, a couple headers, and it ends 2-2. Yeah, uh, but with that draw, uh, Juve moves into second. You you see that coming this season with the way they've been playing? I didn't, but I don't. I, I don't know if it'll hold off i think no. milan you know rafael Leao, man he looks really good for milan i think he can kind of help them help boost them up up at yeah, least that, in the second we'll see that that milan team is stacked and they look real good juventus yeah they've played some lowly teams i don't think that lasts very long no and then kind of just to mention inter milan again jumping back to them they tied here on uh Yes, on uh, Saturday, yeah. tied Monza two two, so they also dropped points. So that's what I mean when it was a pretty good weekend for if you're a Napoli fan with Milan and Inter dropping points this this weekend. Yeah, especially if you're going to lose a midweek game to one of them, it was a very good weekend for you. All right, so that was our recap this week's preview, and we got a couple of things happening midweek: Carabao Cup quarterfinals Tuesday and Wednesday. Chelsea's back in action in the EPL on Thursday the 12th against Fulham. That should be a good one. That's a big game. Fulham's riding high. They've won four out of their last five. Chelsea's won and drawn one one of those each in their last five. They don't look very good. Fulham's on fire. Fulham is. I, I don't know if they can stop them. I don't know if they can either. I mean, Fulham, they're in seventh place. Chelsea's in 10th. So, yeah. Yeah, Fulham three points one. ahead of Chelsea. Chelsea have a game in hand, but I I don't see Chelsea winning this game with the injuries they have and the form they're in. Yeah, I think I might agree with you. All right, and then in Spain this week, we have the semifinals of the Spanish Supercopa. We got Real Madrid versus Valencia and Real Betis against Barcelona. Winners of those games play on Sunday for the Supercopa. Might get an El Clasico. Yeah, should be fun. Hopefully we'll be able to bring you the results of that one. El Clasicos are always fun. Yes. Now we're going to get into what I've been looking forward to this entire show. We're going to go over the shortlist of the players of the month and the managers of the month for November, December in the English Premier League. Our nominations are for players, Casemiro, Erling Holland, Ben Mee, Martin Odegaard, Palinha, Marcus Rashford, Bukayo Saka, and Kieran Trippier. Who's your bet? 
So looking at the games that they've played in these that November, December, there's only one clear, obvious choice for me. I mean, even if you're not an Arsenal fan, it's got to be Martin Odegaard, man. Played four, won four. He's got three goals and three assists in four games. Yeah. How do you not say him? There's no one close to him. No, I don't, I I wish I had an argument here. It, it's it's a clear choice for this one. It's not really close. I mean, yeah, Holland has four goals in four games, but they, they only won two of games, them. Though, did they? No. Uh, Rashford's got two goals and assist, but they won three and not four. Saka won four, but he's got two goals and assist. Both of his goals were assisted by Mo- Martin Odegaard. So, I mean, yeah, he's got six goal contributions in four games. He hit more than any of the other players listed for this player of the month. Yeah. Not to mention the highest XG out of any player in those games and two men of the match performances. So, yeah, I, it's, you can't, there's no competition here. It's Martin Odegaard. Um, and this is not me being biased, but that's what the stats say. Honestly, it's, I don't even know how Casemiro is even on this list. Um, I, he's had good performances defensively. I guess. I, mean, I don't they've know. Won, they've won three out of the four games. Why Ben Mee is on and this he has list? One I don't know either. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be along the same lines of the managers of the month category as well. There are some coaches on there. I don't know why they're on there, but they're on there. So. Speaking of which, those coaches are Mikel Arteta, Thomas Frank, Eddie Howe, and Jurgen Klopp. For me, there's only one answer, but what's your argument, Tyler? Well, so Arteta, manager of Arsenal, Eddie Howe, manager of Newcastle, Thomas Frank, he's the manager of Brentford, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so double check. Had a little brain fart there. And then Jurgen Klopp, <laughs> manager of Liverpool. So if you want to go off stats and the games they won, so Arteta, it was four games. He won four games. Klopp played four games, won four games. Thomas Frank, four games, had two wins, and then a two draws to Forrest and Spurs. Eddie Howe for Newcastle, he had three wins from the four and a draw to Leeds. I think honestly, the only reason Thomas Frank is in that conversation is one of those wins was against Manchester City. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, the football they've been playing has been really good. All four of these coaches are the only four coaches that were that didn't have a loss in the last four games. Yeah, so that I think that's why all of them are on the list. Ultimately, I think it's a two-horse race between Jurgen Klopp and Mikel Arteta. But with Klopp really only beating one team that you could consider a top team, and Arteta beating arguably two, having four convincing victories, I I think Arteta is my choice for this one. I I don't see how... Jurgen Klopp gets this one. See, so yeah, going off those games, I mean, four wins four is four wins. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go off that, then yeah, Klopp should be should be up there and talked about. But obviously, we have the pleasure of hindsight. We've seen the games since then. 
So I, I don't know if that plays a little, you know, has a little effect on who you would pick to be manager of the month. Kind of does yeah. for me. So I wouldn't pick Klopp. For me, it's how much of these games that Arteta and Arsenal have played have not been close. I mean, the Chelsea score was 1-0, but there was no chance that Chelsea was going to win that game. And then you got... No, that was a tough game. Arsenal dominated that whole game. I, I It should have been 2-3-0. And, I, I mean, the Brighton game, 4-2. to two. West Ham coming down 3-1. to one. I just, I think the amount of goals and the free-flowing football that Arteta and Arsenal have been playing right now versus Klopp, who won four in a row, but before that wasn't looking very good, kind of looking like Chelsea, and then they lose their first game of the new year. Granted, this is player or manager of the month for November and December, not January or October, but those games were much closer than Arsenal's were. Arsenal is just playing better at the moment. So you have to, I have to give it to Mikel Arteta. I'll argue for Eddie Howe. You know, he got a win against the Saints. You expect him to win. Then he gets a win against Chelsea, a win against Leicester again, which you expect him to win. The game against Leeds, they definitely outplayed Leeds, had the better of the chances, mm-hmm. and it ended in a draw. So, I mean, and then obviously this last game, like again, we're only looking at November, December, not looking at January, but coming into January, Newcastle are still looking very good, and Eddie Howe is doing an amazing job there. So, I mean, I guess I could argue for him. No argument for Jurgen Klopp, huh? Nah. I mean, if you look at the game, Spurs, Southampton, Ashton Villa, and Leicester, Liverpool should be winning those games. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs one was tricky. Ultimately, they ran away with it, but the other three are in the bottom end of the table. They should beat those teams. You're right. And then, so that's where I would argue against Arteta's. The Chelsea game I see as the real, you know, bugaboo game, potentially the Brighton game. But the other two, you, you would expect them to win. Wolves, who are down at the bottom, West Ham are down at the bottom, not performing well. So. Yeah, only time will tell with these. Um, but yeah, I pick Arteta. Sounds like you pick Arteta as well? Kind of, yeah. Reluctantly, I'd like to pick Eddie Howe just to be different again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would too. I just, I mean, the three wins from four versus four wins from four. Notoriously knowing, you know, the Premier League they're going to pick the person who has four wins out of four versus three wins out of four. So, And like you say, it was the goals, the amount of goals they scored in those games. Yeah. All the right. Wolves, West so, Ham, Brighton, multiple goals. So that's all I got for today. Yeah. So I guess that wraps up this episode here of Bruise and Banter. Yes, it does. I'm all out of beer anyway, so make sure to like like another brew. Subscribe all of our channels, YouTube, Spotify, Apple TV, Audible, all your places. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. (laughs) My bad. It's not iTunes. At least I didn't say that. Um make sure to check out our it our Facebook group. A lot of good discussions on there. 
Um, check out our Instagram and TikTok profiles as well. But till next time, we're all out of beer and you heard our banter. That's it for Bruising Banter. All right. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. Cheers.